0: So if you want to get your little ribbon that's in your Bible and just put it on the book of Isaiah, we're going to be there. Now some of you know that there's 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. We will not be reading every verse in the book of Isaiah, but we'll be reading selective verses. And this is what I want us to know and this is why I want us to pray this morning. God called Isaiah to a life of holiness. And as the prophet of God, it was his job to call the people of Isaiah's day to a life of holiness. And this summer I want us to talk about from the book of Isaiah the road to holiness. What is it that God needs to do in our lives so that we are holy, as the Scripture says? The Scripture says, be holy for I am holy. And that God this summer would call us to walk that road to holiness. And so I want us to pray this morning, if you'll join with me. Father, first this morning, we acknowledge you as the one true God. And Father, we acknowledge with our lips today that there is no one like you in greatness, in majesty, in priority, in power. And so, Father, we acknowledge you today as God. And we acknowledge you today as Holy God. That, Father, out of your own character, you have set standards for those of us who are called by your name to live by. And so, Father, today I pray that as we began to look at your inspired scripture, that, Father, you would teach us how we are to walk that road, and that you would teach us about your holiness you would teach us about our sinfulness But Father your, uh, your cleansing and your forgiveness that you offer and then Father I pray that you would call us uh, to lives uh, for your purpose and that Father reflect your character that your character would be f- reflected in our lives as your children Father, I pray that this summer You would make Yourself known to us in a powerful way. And that, Father, You would show us uh, where we are and where it is that You want to take us. And so, Father, uh, I pray a hard prayer for conviction of sin. That, Father, we would never settle for compromise in our lives. That, Father, you would convict us and purify us that we might be a closer reflection of your character than we've ever been before. And then, Father, I pray that you would set us apart to use us for your purposes and not our own purposes. So, Father, we pray that we would experience you would make yourself known to us in this time. And I pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God called Isaiah to a life of holiness. The beginning for Isaiah in his own experience is in Isaiah chapter 6. I know it's not the first chapter, but when you read and you study Isaiah, many scholars would agree with what I think, that this is, in Isaiah 6, Isaiah's calling, it is his first experience, and I think probably chronologically it is the first, even though it's not included that way, when the book was written. The starting point for Isaiah was his encounter with holy God. And I know you know this scripture, but I want you to I want us to understand it for the next little while this morning. Because Isaiah 6 is going to be the framework of everything we talk about this summer. So I want you to get this. I want you to see in Isaiah 6 the progression that God took Isaiah through. So that he was set apart and wholly consecrated to God. Uh, And so that we can see then what it is that God wants to do in our lives. And here's the thing. When we look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, what we will see is this was not only an experience that Isaiah had, but this is an experience that marked the rest of his life. I know you're not going to know this and I had to look at it. Probably Isaiah's is in his early 20s when he has this encounter with God and he becomes the prophet of God for the next 50 years among God's people. 50 years! Isaiah has such prominence and I don't know if we kind of I don't, you know, I always had a problem. If I think the mothers of the minor prophets felt like it's not fair to call my son Hosea a minor prophet. You know, I'm sorry, I'm making fun. You know, so there's there's like major. We call them major prophets, and we have minor prophets. You know, when they put God's book together and they started to put them in order, and they came to the prophets. Boom, Isaiah, number one. So you you, you know you have the books Psalm. Psalms of David, and then you have Solomon's books, uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. And then you're going to start the last part of the Scriptures, which are going to be the prophets. Who's going to be the first prophet? Actually, Jeremiah's book is longer than Isaiah. Isaiah, number one. Uh, Great man of God. And we'll see more and more in the weeks to come. But his experience that he had with God in Isaiah 6 marks his life. But here's here's what I need you to see this morning. Isaiah 6 and that experience becomes a microcosm of his entire message and ministry. I would contend this morning that everything that he experienced in Isaiah 6 is what becomes the message that he presents to God's people. And really what he said, really what the heart of his ministry is, is this is what God did in my life. And God took me as a little microcosm and now God wants to do that in all of God's people. Now we're going to see this in Isaiah 6. The vast majority of people in Isaiah's day did not respond to the Word of God. Now this is going to be later. We're going to get to it, but... What God's going to say. And He's going to be honest with Isaiah. They're really not going to listen to you, the vast majority of them. But for those that do, they will be redeemed and they will become a remnant that I will do my work through. And so, God in Isaiah 6 makes Himself known to Isaiah. And it becomes a microcosm of his entire ministry and his message. And so I want you to see this morning for the next few moments the experience that Isaiah passes through and let it serve for us this summer as a pattern to the entire message of Isaiah that God would take us down the road to holiness I know you've read this scripture before but I want to read it and then I would like to make a few comments Isaiah chapter 6 and we're going to read all 13 verses and I want you to see the calling of Isaiah in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up And said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go. And tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant, and houses are without a man The land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. But yet a tenth will be in it and will return and be for consuming as a terebinth tree or as an oak whose stump remains when it is cut down so the holy seed shall be its stump there's four things I want you to see this morning in fact brother Steve I think what I want to do is I just want that screen that just has the four points I want you to see this morning and this is very important for the rest of the summer that you see these four ideas because this is the road we're going to walk because this is the experience that Isaiah had it begins with a vision of holy God. And from there it moves to the confession of sin and then on God's side the purification of sin and then finally consecration to God. I would say this this is the path, this is the road that Isaiah went down in his experience in Isaiah 6 that I would contend early 20's a young man is called of God and God uses for the next 50 years in an incredible way. And this becomes actually the framework of all of His message in the 66 chapters in Isaiah. I've taken the time the last two weeks to read it all slowly (laughs) and just said, what is it that God was saying through Isaiah? Isaiah. The road to holiness begins with a vision of holy God. And in those first four verses we see, and and Steve, I think I just want to leave those four points up there, okay? I don't mean to be telling you your business, but um you gotta get yeah, I really do, actually. Yeah. I want you to get this. And I'm gonna read this, I've already read the scriptures. I want to I want to talk through it. But I want you to see this progression that God brought isaiah through and i believe wanted to bring the people of isaiah's day through and he wants to bring us through Uh, i don't have a lot of time i've I've preached these verses before Uh, we know historically that isaiah probably begins his ministry in the days of uzziah the king because the uzziah who had been a long-standing king he dies I want you to understand in Isaiah's day it was a time of prosperity and peace. Things were well in the nation of Israel. But their religion was rotting from the inside out. And as a young man, Isaiah has a vision of God. Uh, I've thought about this many times. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord High and lifted up, sitting on a throne. When the earthly king who sat on the throne for decades is gone, it was important that Isaiah saw the king of kings sitting on the throne. And all of these words that are just used in these next few verses describe how God is exalted. How God is exalted. You just see that in those verses that he's sitting on a throne which means He's sovereign, that He is the one in control. He is high. He's lifted up. And His glory is so great that the train of His robe, I don't even know what the train of God's robe looks like. All I know is a bride in her wedding dress has a train that sometimes fills this this first little section up here at the front of the sanctuary. But Isaiah said the train of His robe filled the entire place. It was an extension of His glory. Uh, there were angelic beings there, <laughs> the seraphim, the angelic being. They had six wings. We encounter them also in the book of Ezekiel, when Ezekiel sees a vision of God. Six wings. Yes, with two. I don't know. I was, I'm about to make some motions here. It's going to look, look. I just think of Tweety Bird. It's like with with two. They they flew. With two, they covered their feet because that would have been. Uh, it would have been immodest in the presence of a king to have your feet showing. Six wings. With two they covered their feet. With two they covered their eyes. And with two they flew. It all <laughs> speaks to the glory of God that even the angelic beings cannot look into the face of God. But His glory is so great that even the angelic beings are there and they cover their face. I am struck by what they cry, of all the things that could have been recorded, what do the angelic beings who are perfect servants of God, what do they cry in praise to God? And it is that statement holy, holy, holy. Of all the things they could say a word to describe the greatness and the glory of God, the one word is the word holy, and not just once. But this is the Hebrew way of saying most holy, 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 holy is the Lord God of hosts. The word holy means to be set apart. It means that God is different than everything else. He is like nothing else in creation. He, in fact, is the creator of everything else. Everything else pales in His glory. He is holy. He 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 is the separated one. He is different from everything else. He is unique. But it also speaks to His moral purity, which is interesting. Really, when you say that God is holy in the moral sense, He is simply true to His character. (laughs) You realize, when I I talk with the children this this summer about the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments are a reflection of God's nature. There's only one of Him. Uh, and to say that God is morally pure is to mean He is just He is true to His nature. We draw our standards of holiness from the character of God. God could have decided that the the color purple is more significant than any other color. If that's what God wanted to do, God could do it. He is the standard bearer. And so to say that He is holy, holy, holy is to, be, to say He is the separated one, but He is also true to His moral character. He is pure. The whole earth is full of His glory. Isaiah's vision was a vision of God in this realm. We're going to talk about it more next Sunday. But I want you to know that even when Isaiah could not see the glory of God, God still sat on a throne high and lifted up. It doesn't matter whether we see it or not. He is the exalted one. We can can ignore it. We cannot acknowledge it. We can try to dismiss it. God sits on a throne today high and lifted up. The only issue is for us as human beings on this earth, do we see it? Do we know it? Do we live in its reality? He is the Exalted One. He's not just the Exalted One when we see it. But when we see it, it changes our lives. The posts of the door were shaken and the house was filled with smoke with the presence of God The road to holiness begins with a vision of holy God. We're going to spend a couple Sundays right there at that point, I'm just telling you. The reason we can settle into lives of compromise is because we have lowered our vision of God into something or someone we are comfortable with God is the Holy One as I read through the book of Isaiah and I knew this was coming but I wanted to verify it for myself 27 times in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah uses the name for God. It's almost unique to Isaiah. This is what Isaiah says 27 times in referring to God, his name, the Holy One of Israel. The Holy One of Israel. It's only used three other times in the rest of Scripture. Twenty-seven times Isaiah says the Holy One of Israel. You know why Isaiah calls Him the Holy One of Israel? Because in his experience with God, it was holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. And when he refers to Him after having passed through that, that personal experience of his encounter with God, who is God? God is the Holy One of Israel because I have seen Him high and lifted up. The beginning of the road... The holiness is a vision of holy God. It goes on to the confession of sin. And so Isaiah, in response to the holiness of God, says in verse 5, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When we ever see God for who He truly is and not who we want Him to be, our sin will become very evident. And so it was for Isaiah, who was called to be the prophet of God, to speak for God. But in the midst of that experience, he said, God, my, my lips are unclean, my lips are not worthy. To be a spokesman for you, Holy God, because my lips are unholy and I live among the midst of a people who are unholy. The second step in the road to holiness is an honesty before God about our sin. We'll spend a couple Sundays there too this summer. Isaiah, as I said earlier, served in a time of prosperity and peace. in A time in which religion flourished. But when you begin to read the book of Isaiah, you see the sins of God's people. They couldn't see for themselves because they didn't have a vision of holy God. But every, whenever you see the holiness of God, you're going to see your life for what it is. So the things that Isaiah will say to the people is he will talk to them about their sins, that they are rebellious in heart, about their pride, about their unbelief, about their injustice, and about their Immorality. The road to holiness begins with a vision of Holy God, and the next step is confession of sin, of our acknowledgement of sin. Actually, God's people in Isaiah's day were right there. And Isaiah came as a spokesman for Holy God to expose them for their sin. And the people had the opportunity, as Isaiah did, of acknowledging their sin before God. But the vast majority of them did not. I want you to understand that the only response of a holy God when we do not acknowledge our sin is judgment. for him to have any other response would not be in line with his character of who he is he cannot simply dismiss sin and say well that's okay and for that reason much of the book of isaiah isaiah proclaims from god judgment's coming do they have an opportunity to respond to God? Yes, they had, they had 50 years. God's going to speak all of that time. Turn back to me. But the vast majority of them would not. They did not. And the judgment of God came. But the opportunity they had to confess their sin was the same that we have today. And it is the second step of the road to holiness. The third step is the purification from sin. In Isaiah chapter 6, it says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. (laughs) Oh, you've got to see this. All Isaiah does is acknowledge his sin before God and then God provides the cleansing, the forgiveness, and the purification. If only we come clean before God, God will clean us up. The thing that strikes me about this whole episode is, is Isaiah doesn't even verbalize the words, Oh God, cleanse me. No, God, when he acknowledges his sin, when Isaiah acknowledges sin, God just provides the means of purification, which was... One of these angelic beings taking a coal off the altar which must have been in the temple and touching his lips to burn it so that his sin was cleansed. Oh, we're going to see it and we're going to spend a couple Sundays there. You've got to understand this because there's a turning in the story. and It was a central part of the message of Isaiah. If only you will acknowledge your sin, God provides redemption and salvation. The most New Testament book in the Old Testament. Hmm. Had to think about that one for a while. The most New Testament book in the Old Testament is the book of Isaiah. We see more Jesus who was going to be, I'm supposed to know this, six, seven hundred years, seven hundred years after Isaiah. We see more Jesus in the book of Isaiah than anywhere else in the Old Testament. I imagine combined in fact, Isaiah's name, this is so there's really two things I want you to know that Isaiah's name for God throughout his book is the Holy One of Israel. Because he was marked by this experience. Isaiah's name, Brother Cody loves my ling my lin- linguistic man. Studies. You Africa people will like this too. Isaiah. Is the two, is little shortened forms of the name for God. So the ISA is kind of like Isa. And Isa, um, I'm going to get way off here. I don't have time for this. It comes from Joshua, but it's the word for salvation. And then the end of Isaiah's name, that I A H is a uh, shortened form of Yahweh. The personal name, the the name that God gave Moses, I am. And so Isaiah means that salvation is of the Lord. The crazy thing is, that was his message. Throughout the book of Isaiah, if only you'll confess your sin, God will provide salvation. And he prophesied that someday there was one who was coming... And it's not that you're going to have to pay for your sins. Your sins will be placed on Him. And He will pay for your sins. If only you will believe and turn to Him. The Redeemer. The Savior who's coming. If only you'll believe. God is salvation. It's like the angelic being taking the coal and providing salvation, the cleansing for Isaiah. God does the work. And it comes at that third step. If only we will acknowledge our sin, that God will bring the purification from sin. If only we have faith in the One who takes away our sins. And then finally, that fourth fourth point is consecration to God. Oh, I don't even have time to read all of those verses, but it's verses 9 through 13. Well, no, I'm sorry. Starts in verse 8. Vision of Holy God. Confession of His sin. Purification from His sin. And then a voice came. Whom shall we send? And who will go for us? Oh, Isaiah, now that you have seen Holy God and you have acknowledged your sin, you're... Unholy state before a holy God, and God has cleansed you of your life. Now, God wants to use your life. Whom shall we send, and who will go for us? That was kind of one of those conversations. I think Isaiah is there by himself, and he's looking around. It's like, well, if they ain't talking about me, who are they talking about? The voice is saying, Whom shall I send? And Isaiah is going, There ain't nobody here but me. Oh, it's me. Here I am. Send me. Do you understand the process of holiness? has to come to this final stage it is one thing to acknowledge our sin and to be purified from sin but then we must be as holy people we must be set apart by God for His purposes you remember I told you that holy means to be set apart to be separate just like uh, if you had a, a vessel in the temple, it was a holy vessel because it was God. It was used for God's purposes, and so you are a candlestick or whatever it was, a bowl that was holy because it was set apart for God's purposes. When God saves us, redeems us, He sets us apart for His purposes. We must surrender to that to say, God, you can use me any way you want. And Isaiah said. I'm in. Do with my life whatever you want to do. And God says, I want you to know (laughs) for the next 50 years, He didn't say 50 years, but He said, you're going to preach, but they're not going to listen. But you just keep preaching at them and their ears are going to become dull and their hearts are going to become hardened. But you just keep doing what I've called you to do because this is your purpose in your life. And that's when Isaiah asked the question of God, how long? How long? Until the cities are destroyed. Until God's judgment comes and wipes out, has a response for sin. When all the prophecies have been fulfilled and all the cities have been destroyed and the people have been scattered, no, your time will be up. Hmm, that's a real happy, clappy calling to ministry, isn't it? But God said "But there will be a tent when they've passed through the fire because the fire is either at step three is either the purification of God in our lives or is the judgment of God in our lives but the fire is going to come one way or the other. But at the end there will be a tent And he doesn't use the word here, but it's used throughout the book of Isaiah. It is the word remnant. Remnant. Through this process, there will be a remnant of the redeemed. Those who have turned by faith to me and I have redeemed in the midst of the trials and the difficulty and the judgment upon the nation. And it will be like a stump of a terebinth tree or an oak tree. That even though you've cut down the tree, the stump still lives. Consecration to God means that we are set apart for His purpose, but we have also been purified morally. Oh my. Let me say this and I'm I'm finished. Uh Uh-huh. We probably have a negative connotation of words like holiness and repentance. (laughs) To say that I call you, the scripture calls us to holiness, you go, oh wow, I don't know about that. We kind of have this negative connotation as if it's all about me. Oh, that means I've got to come up with these rules and regulations and rituals and all this. Here's the thing, in Isaiah's day, they were doing all of those things, but God said, your heart has drifted and it's become hardened to me. And I don't want you to fast anymore. I don't want you to call the solemn assemblies because you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for you and for your own religious well-being. God calls us to a heart that is consecrated to him to say, God, use my life any way you choose. And God, anything you show me that is not in line with your holiness, God, I will confess and allow you to purify me. I am set apart for you, God. It doesn't matter if anybody else lives it, anybody else cares, or anybody else responds. God, my life is consecrated to you. Steve can we put my one point I'm a one point kind of preacher this is the whole summer in one screen that holiness is a reflection of a relationship with holy God holiness is a reflection of a relationship with holy God when Isaiah experienced God then his life was changed it was changed by God and it was changed by his submission to God I don't want you to get this idea that somehow holiness is this these rules that the preacher is going to give you this summer oh if it were only that easy but you know religion tried that already and it didn't work Because our standards will never be in line with the standards of God because we lower God to our level to make us comfortable with Him, our lives comfortable with who we think He is. No, but He is God. And we must be honest about our sin so that God will provide in His grace and mercy forgiveness and power over sin in our lives. And all He asks is that our hearts would be wholly His, wholly consecrated to Him. And that's where God wants to move us this summer. Amen? As you stand today, I invite you to join us this summer in the road to holiness. As our music team comes... um, The altar is open this morning. Byron and I will be and I will be at the front uh, to visit with you and pray with you. Uh, but this is the beginning point of the call to holiness. Whatever it is that God needs to do in your life, uh, this is your time as we sing. Bye. My- You yeah. ¡Suscríbete